You're listening to the Seahawks Insiders. Russell takes the snap, steps up in the pocket, looks, has time. Now he's going to throw. Tyler Lockett looks for the ball. He's got it. Touchdown, Seahawks! Getting you ready for Seahawks football every Sunday. The handoff inside to Carson starts up the middle, now bounces it across the line. He's in. Touchdown, Seahawks! Powered by Seahawks.com. And here we are, the Seahawks insiders, Jen Mueller alongside John Boyle from Seahawks.com, welcoming you to another week and the first divisional matchup for the Seahawks as they get ready to head to Arizona to face Kyler Murray and the Cardinals. So, John, what does that mean for your week? Does that a high? Is that a low? Does that change anything about the way you feel about how your week has gone and what happens this weekend? I feel pretty much the same every week, depending on, you know, a lot of various factors at home and how my kids are sleeping. And Or, or did you mean about the football game? I'm sorry. No, about <laughs> life in general. But I feel like I hear this all the time from you, you know, John. I, I mean, how much time do your kids take out of your life? Come on. Sorry. I, I should save it for our other podcast. <laughs> save it for the dad pod. No one cares. No one listening to this cares about my kids. I thought maybe you were going to say that it was sunny and warm in Arizona that, well, and that here's, changed here's your outlook. Problem. I don't think my wife will listen to this anyway, but it's going to be rainy and cold this weekend. So I don't really want to talk too much about how excited I am for 80s and sunny, but it's going to be nice. It's going to be nice. It's going to snow in the mountains here this weekend. It's That's getting cold. Crazy. Yeah. That's good crazy. To, good time to go to the desert. Well, it does mean that it is officially into football season. And not that it wasn't a, a couple of weeks ago, but now that we're three weeks in, you start to get a better picture of what the Seahawks are, what they're dealing with. I don't start making any true judgments until after week four and going into week five. But I know that there has been a lot of concern and maybe even consternation this week following the loss against the Saints. And so, John, here's where I want to start the conversation today. What are the real concerns that presented themselves last week against the Saints? And where are just kind of the blips on the radar that will serve as the reminder that you need to buckle down and get some of this work done? I think the the two concern the things we saw that concerned me more than just like a, okay no big deal they messed this one up is the turnovers particularly with Chris Carson's fumbles. It's happened three weeks in a row now, and we all know for Pete Carroll in this offense how important taking care of the ball is. I mean, a big reason this team went to the playoffs last year is they led the NFL in turnover differential. They only turned the ball over 11 times, lowest total in franchise history. You can't keep giving it away, and especially when it's the same guy. Pete gave, you know, really strong support for Chris Carson this week, and he doesn't – it's not like he has a long history of this, but they've got to clean that up. That You can't really live with that week in and week out. And then some of the penalties, especially early on on offense, we've kind of seen that every game where some of these early drives get derailed. I mean, first play of the game, you get the block in the back on, uh, I believe it was Will Disley, and it's first and 20. That's that's hard to overcome. So th- those two things are the kind of ones I've seen multiple weeks that worry me. Yeah, the penalties that they've talked about every week, they haven't really subsided. And Chris Carson does get support from Pete Carroll. You don't have to take our word for it. Here is Pete on how he feels about his running back. You're going to see absolute support for for our guy. He's a great football player. We love him. And you're going to see what that looks like. You know, uh, there's been a lot of players over over the years uh, through through the ages that have had issues at times and they put it to rest and it's behind them and and all that. And and that's what's going to happen here. And uh, you will not see me waver in my support for for Chris and and the belief in the guy as as a football player. And, and, uh, you know, and so that's that's really that's been the conversation. That's the only message that he needs to hear from me. And he's heard it from his teammates as well. So, uh, 
and we're expecting him to tear it up. And for Chris Carson, you wonder how much of this now gets into his mindset and it becomes a confidence issue instead of a competency issue, right? We know that he can carry the ball. And in fact, had he not fumbled, and I realize this is hindsight and there's a whole bunch of shoulda, woulda, couldas, had that fumble not occurred on that play, that was the biggest run of the game. That yeah, very they were well backed up. That, could have jump-started Yeah, I mean, that, and that's why it's kind of almost more frustrating is it was a close game at that point. They're backed up to start that drive. You get that big play, get a first down. Maybe that sparks a scoring drive, and we're talking about a totally different game. So, and as you said, I mean, that's the big challenge now. Is it's it's impossible for the not, that not to get in your head. And now you're thinking about it, and opponents are thinking about it. They know, hey, and that's just they're going to go that much harder after the ball, so he has to be that much more aware of it. How does the offensive line play into this conversation? Because they have taken a lot of heat this week. And I, I think some of it, if you look at the rushing numbers, is deserved. But again, I'm wondering if that is a true concern or if that is the fact that it always takes the offense a little while to gel and get going. I think there's some of that for sure. It's Maybe that's a little frustrating to see because they finished so well and we talked a lot about coming into the season about the continuity and how we were – the hope was they would hit the ground running. And it hasn't been – it's been a lot better. I mean, you go back and look at where it started last year, all the growing pains. The offense has been a lot better than that. But, yeah, it hasn't been quite as clean as they want. They haven't had some of the running lanes they want. But, again, I, I think long-term we're not – the, the way the offensive line run blocks, I don't think is going to be a long-term concern for this team. And I think that that's an important thing to bring up. And, and part of the frustration is not just the way that they finished last year, which was strong and running the ball better and, and more than any other team in the league, but you're seeing mistakes from veteran players that you didn't see previously. You know, you're seeing Dwayne Brown not grade out as highly as he has previously. You know, you're seeing DJ Fluker, you know, missing a guy or Mike Upati and I think that that's part of the frustration on that one. Um, and I guess the plus side is they didn't allow a sack last week. And people want that short passing game because it works at the end of a half or it works in a two-minute or four-minute situation. That is not what this offensive line is designed to do. No, I mean, they, they brought in guys like DJ Fluker and Mikey Potty who are, you know, the big, powerful running guys at run blocking guys and we've seen this passing in the short game succeed and you know we saw a little more of that last week is kind of a hard one to you know go off of the game plan because they got behind well, so behind early, early that you, and you know you, you got out choice. of the running game yeah. but it looked you know from what we saw early on when it was still fairly neutral situations they were doing some more of that and i think to a degree that's going to be maybe part of their game more we you know we heard kind of vague talk of the offense evolving and adjusting before the season and i think that's some of what we're seeing but they are always going to want to have their running game and they're always going to want to get those shots downfield this is never going to be a team that just throws 50 times every week and doesn't stretch the field. That's not what Pete Carroll wants. This might be a week for that offense to get right as Arizona is allowing 29.3 points per game. Only Miami, Washington, and the Giants have allowed more. That defense is struggling. It is a perfect time for the Seahawks to get right in a place where, quite honestly, it has been a struggle and a grind to win. So let's count that as a positive going into the week. Perhaps some of these questions are cleared up on offense just by virtue of getting a favorable matchup. Yeah, I mean, the, the Cardinals have, as you said, their numbers aren't great. Both their starting corners are out right now, one to suspension and one to uh, injury. So 
They're a little thin in the back end. They've got some talent there. You know, Chandler Jones is a guy you always have to game plan for. You can kind of wreck a game for you. But, yeah, I mean, look, if you do things right in this game, this is a team you should be able to put up some numbers on. One of the phases in the game Sunday that we saw that just wasn't as right as we have seen is special teams. You know, it starts with that play right off the bat. Michael Dixon, he doesn't have the same average per game, but Pete Carroll likes in general what we're seeing in that third phase of the game. Yeah, I've loved what we've been doing. You know, we've been, you know, other than the one play, we've been really good. working together with the kicks and the placement of it and all of that and the punts. And, uh, you know, Jay Mai's done a great job kicking off and, you know, we've had nothing there. Um, so it was just, it just, you know, a terrific returner, hit it just right, caught us off guard just a hair and, and just split us, you know, and on the one play. I'm, I'm hoping that that's, you know, that's just a one-time deal because it hasn't, our, our coverage has been spectacular uh, for the most part. There's two things I got out of that one. Jay Mai, which Maia. I had never Jason thought about Myers for those calling who, Jason yeah. Myers Jay Mai. It took me a minute the first time I heard Pete say that one. And two, perhaps we are not seeing special teams as a whole, right? We fixate on the one or two plays. We're like, oh, my gosh, that could have ended so much different yeah. or so much better. And coverage last year was a problem. And this year, already in three games, they have seen some improvement in what they wanted to see. Yeah, I mean, you can't just say, well, except for the touchdown you gave up because that's such a massive play and that overshadows a lot. But if you look at the whole body of work other than that play, it has been improved. They've se- they have they made special teams a big focus this offseason, and they went out add some guys, both rookies, signed Jason Myers, and we have seen the improvement for the most part. But you can't, I mean... You can't say, oh, we're good, except that one play if that one play is a game-changing touchdown. So they need to clean that up. That You know, you can't let that happen again. But, yeah, it's it's uh, overall it's been good. And one little side note about special teams that I didn't even notice until someone else pointed out that's kind of weird, Jason Myers has not kicked a field goal this year because they keep scoring in the red zone, which, you know, that's a good problem to have. But he's had one attempt, and it was a 58-yarder at the end of a half. And otherwise, every single time they've gotten close, they've put it in the end zone. That's a fantastic number. Yeah. There are eight for nine in red zone trips, which it's kind of weird that you go out and add this kicker. And he's been he's done his job. This isn't a knock on Jason Myers at all, but it's just kind of weird that he hasn't even had a, you know, a real field goal attempt other than one long one. No offense to Jason. I'm okay if that trend. Yeah. You know what? If he gets like five field goal attempts all year, that'd be great. That that would be impressive. And we still are trying to determine whether there is a concern around Dixon. I don't think so. But his yards per punt, average yards per punt are down about seven yards. It was 41. It is 41 this year, excuse me, compared to about 48 last year. So we will see if that is uh, just a matter of getting adjusted and perhaps some of the scheme-wise things that they're doing, which I, I don't know as much about punting, punting schemes. Scheme. So I'm just going to pretend I I'm going to move past that one. How's let's, that? Let's just say it's early and he's got a lot of time to kind of get it back up to where they want it to be. Let's yeah. go with that. Uh, sure. Let's do that one. Uh, concerns on the defense last week. What's the reality of being concerned over not being able to get to Teddy Bridgewater and not get a sack? I mean, it's not an overwhelming concern if you go back and look at how they were throwing the ball. I mean, it was he very rarely stood back there and held the ball and gave the pass rushers a chance. Look, when you've got Jadevian Clowney and Ziggy Ansah on the field, you would hope that you always find a way to get pressure no matter what the quarterback's doing. And I think down the road when those guys kind of hit their stride and get more comfortable, especially Ziggy Ansah, I mean, that was his first game since last season, it'll get better. But, yeah, it's 
it's not ideal. You want to see the quarterback get hit and be under pressure more, but it sometimes teams do a good job scheming their way out of it, and I think that's what we saw out of the Saints. Well, I'm going to ask you to do your best to predict the future on this one as we look ahead to the Cardinals game. And here's my first question related to the defense. Do we see more nickel this week considering I would think that so. Kyler Murray has completed 84 of 137 pass attempts for 830 yards? And they play a ton of four receiver sets, you know, the the one running back, four receivers, no tight ends. I, yeah, I mean, you you ask Bobby Wagner, you ask KJ Wright, they're going to tell you, oh, we can play base defense all the time, and we've got the athletes to do it. And to a degree, they do. I mean, Michael Kendricks is a phenomenal athlete for a linebacker and can cover a lot of guys. But realistically, if a team's spreading you out four receivers all game, yeah, we're going to see more nickel, maybe even some dime, maybe some of that big nickel where you get three safeties, especially if Tedrick Thompson does make it back this week. So that's uh it'll be interesting because it has been kind of fun to see this year in, in today's NFL it's usually you know 70% 60% nickel and the Seahawks have been the opposite they're playing you know two-thirds to three-quarters base defense every week yeah but you certainly have to change that when you consider that the Cardinals are attempting 45 passes a game that's incredible and you know you mentioned Michael Kendricks he was on the field 42 of 58 defensive snaps last week and yeah that is going to cause some mismatches so here's the next question does Ugo Amadi focus solely on nickel this week given the addition of Adrian Colbert I think we could see that shift happening with you know you add another safety in Adrian Colbert a guy they're really high on you know they signed to the practice squad last week and Pete Carroll I've don't think I've ever heard him asked about a practice squad player and speak as highly of him as they did. This is a guy that started, you know, he opened last year as a starting. He finished his rookie year 2017 as the starter at free safety for the 49ers. Had that job coming into the season last year and then got hurt and ended up on injured reserve and had trouble staying healthy, which is why they let him go going into this season. So you add him. Like I said, you know, Tedrick Thompson's got a chance to be back, so you're getting healthier at safety. Yeah, maybe this is – maybe they can start really focusing more on Ugo as just a nickel and kind of see how he does in there. And, I, again, I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see some packages where they get six DBs on the field this week. So it'll be fun to kind of see how that looks. And that leads into this question. Do we see Marquise Blair with that first-team unit, and do we see LJ Collier get on the field this week? I'm going to say – who. I think we will see Collier, yes. I, I think they're going to try to get him in, and it's just a case of – I know there's a lot of consternation about, oh, your first-round pick's inactive, healthy. The guy, I mean, he missed almost everything in training camp. He missed the entire preseason, and this is a guy that, you know, he's a rookie. He's not a veteran who you can just plug in and know what you have, and he knows the system and all that. So I think the the concern for that is a little overblown, and, yeah, I do think they'll want to work him in, get him some reps. Blair – I. Whether he's out there, if they do the big nickel stuff, I think, again, that might depend largely on Tedrick's health. If if you have Tedrick Thompson healthy and maybe we see Tedrick, Lane O'Hill, and McDougal out there together, maybe we talk about this and they do no big nickel and it's a moot point, or maybe Marquise Blair does get some snaps. It'll be interesting to see because for all of the throwing that the Cardinals do, it really is a quick passing game. Only seven of the 43 passes attempted last week by the Cardinals went more than 10 yards, and Murray completed just one of those passes. So you really are looking at short game in the middle of the field area. It brings me to my last question where I'm asking you to predict the future, and then I'm going to ask you what you need to see from Sunday. Ready? Sure. 
Does Techno Thursday have a bigger response this time than last time around with Luke Ooh, Wilson? I don't know. I think that that could get a little divisive from hearing people in the locker room. There's a lot of pro oh, Techno Thursday, on. a lot of I mean, when your defensive captain is on the record as being anti-Techno Thursday, I do you think we'll he's see. just self-conscious in the shorts? I mean, he Maybe. shouldn't be. I mean, or the I dancing? I, I mean, what I don't is know what it? it is, but I, I think it's going to get a good response overall. It'll be it'll be fun to see it out there. The short shorts, the short shorts never entirely went away. That kind of stuck after Luke. Unfortunately, left, so. with a couple of guys you, that you just don't like the offensive linemen and short well, shorts. You know, they're very confident. Yes. Let's well. just let's just say that they are very confident. That wraps up the questions. Uh, There we go. Every time I hear this, I just start dancing. Techno Thursday is back. (laughs) Yeah, we just need to keep going with that one. Okay, last thing, though, before we wrap up, what do you need to see from the Seahawks this week to get a win? I want it to be cleaner on offense. We talked earlier about the turnovers and the and the penalties. I, you know, I don't think they the offense needs some massive overhaul. And you know, people are freaking out about what they saw last week. You hang on to the ball and you don't commit a bunch of holding or blocking the back where drives go backwards. I, I think this offense is going to be really good. So on offense, I just want to see that defense. We talked about, but let's see some of that pressure. Let's let's see him sack Kyler Murray, and then hopefully that leads to some turnovers because, you know, this team has not had a lot of interceptions really dating back to early last season. They had a bunch of them with, uh, with some interceptions, and then it, it kind of slowed down down the stretch. So let's see some pressure. Let's see the ball come out early and maybe, maybe rack up some picks. For me, Kyler Murray was sacked eight times last week. I want the Seahawks to get at least four. That right? like let's, a good let's compromise. Get at least Don't four. get too greedy, right? No, yeah, let's, let's keep the bar reasonable there. No turnovers for the Seahawks, 140 yards rushing, and I think we'll probably be in good shape. I'll take it. I think that sounds like a wrap then yeah. for today. What or else a is techno there left instead to of say? A wrap? A techno and a wrap. What is there left to say? Jen, why do you have glow sticks in your purse? We'll be back. You don't worry about that. Stop (laughs) looking in my purse. We'll be back next week to wrap up the game against the Cardinals, as always, here on the Seahawks Insider Podcast.